Six minutes after four o'clock, a lovely uh, afternoon here, and another edition of the Employment Hour has uh, is upon you and upon us. Anytime you feel like uh, calling in, asking some questions about Lior, about your job, about uh, your employment, your severance, anything like that. Phone lines already open. How about that? 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We will get to, uh, well, you know, normally you can be let go from your job for any reason as long as severance is paid, but there are times you cannot be let go from your job. And we'll get to those talking points here in uh, just a little bit and hopefully some of your emails as well. If we have some time on the uh, the other end, the back end, help at employmenthour.com is the way to send an email through. But first, always uh, and first and foremost, week that was, what's going on with you, pal? Hey, John, I'm doing great here and uh, excited to be back here to talk about employment law and hopefully get as many questions answered during our show uh, as possible. So don't be bashful. Don't hesitate. Call. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that we answer those questions that you have about your workplace. Maybe you didn't have the best of week. Maybe something happened just before the the weekend and you're wondering what to do Monday when you're back at work. No point in wondering anymore. Call us right now. I'll tell you what to do. I'll help you solve that problem give you some guidance so uh, don't be bashful let's let's talk about it but week there was a couple situations that came across my desk just over the past uh, few days where I think there's some uh, important lessons for everyone uh, to be to be learned here first one uh, I spoke with a lady that had worked on a uh, renewable contract for six years so every year contract ends signs a new one continues working so right around August or so is when the contract ended every single year and uh, yeah, she, she continued working six years, had no problem, liked the job, everything was fine. Well, she was called to her boss's office last week, and she was told, you know, the contract is expiring in August. Uh, we're not going to renew. We're going to be posting for your job. Hmm. If you want to, by the way, feel free to apply for that posting, and we'll consider that application. But otherwise, this contract ends, and they shook her hand, and they said, you know, thank you for the last six years. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll say goodbye to you in a few weeks when you're done. And she was obviously upset, and she wanted to know what her rights are, so she called me, and she asked me, what do I do here, and is this right? So hopefully our regular listeners know by now that when you continue working on contracts, contracts expire, you continue working on and on and on, we go round and round we go, well, that contract becomes meaningless. After about two or three of these contracts, the law considers you to be a regular employee, not an employee on a contract even though you may have signed the contract. So what does this mean for her? Because she's been doing this for six years and six contracts every year that it it renews, well, now she's a regular indefinite employee. Therefore, if they want to end her job, that's fine. But they have to pay her severance. Mm -hmm. They can't just say, well, you know, contract is expiring, so off you go. They have to pay her her full severance. Now, for her, after six years, she probably is owed about eight months pay. So very important and if they were right if this was a regular contract that expired they wouldn't have to pay her anything it's not so i wanted to remind everyone here if you work on a contract that gets renewed and and you continue working expires renewed again after about three or so of these contracts it becomes meaningless which means if you are let go you have to get paid severance the fact that they gave her the option to apply for her own job is nonsense you never have to (laughs) apply for your own job they can terminate her, John, but they have to pay her her full severance. Now, this is especially if it's just, you know, a contract renews. Hey, you don't bother looking at it. You just sign the bottom, keep doing the same thing, same thing, especially if they haven't changed anything every time they bring a new contract, right? Exactly. Now, listen, if, if they were actually negotiating brand new contracts, 
right. every single time they expired, they sat down across the table, negotiated a new terms, signed a new contract, and maybe it's still mean, uh, meaningful. But it's not the case. In most situations, the contract expires, use a new one, sign it, you continue working. Not much thought is given to it. In that situation, even though you may have signed the contract, it's probably not worth the paper it's written on. It's considered to be a regular employment situation yeah. without a contract. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you're in a similar, uh, similar situation, or if not, you just have a question about your job, something you've been wanting to ask on the show, this is the time to do it, to call in and uh, and ask us. What else uh, you got going on for the uh, second part of the week that was, pal? Well, this is an important reminder for people out there that are uh, in a sales role that uh, you may have significant entitlements if your employment comes to an end. I, I spoke with a gentleman who, uh, who was uh, in, in his job. He had a very low, you know, relatively low base salary, about $30,000. But with commissions, he actually made over $100,000. So, uh, you know, good income. And he was let go because of uh, restructuring, not, nothing bad that he did. Now, uh, he worked there for three years. They offered him six weeks pay, but on the basis of his base salary yeah. only. So they offered him six weeks pay based on 30000 even though his total compensation was about 100000 So he called me, and of course he wanted to know, is that right? Is it correct to calculate my six weeks based on my, uh, my base salary only? Well, first of all, he's actually owed a lot more than six weeks pay. He probably was owed closer to six months pay. Okay, Remember, just because you work somewhere for a short period of time, doesn't mean you don't get a lot of severance. In fact, in most situations, the opposite is true. You may get a lot of severance even though you're short service. But the key here is this. Your severance has to include all components of your compensation. So if he makes $100,000 because he has commission in there, commission has to be included. We would look at his average commission, and if he makes I don't know, $70,000 a year in commission, we would have to account for that in severance. And that happens very often with salespeople. Right. You have commissions, that has to be included. It's not just your salary. If there's bonuses, that have to, has to be included. Benefits, car allowance, uh, uh, cell phone allowance, all those things have to be included as part of your severance. Let's not forget about that. So it's not just the number of weeks or months that you get paid. It's also what's included in that. Another so important reason to get some advice if you lost your job. This is where a lot of uh, businesses, big and small for that matter, really trip up, especially with salespeople, right? They don't necessarily mean to not include that stuff. They just don't realize they have to. They think it's just base salary and possibly commissions, but not all the other stuff, right? You know, the bonus is the big one. This is probably uh, the one that I see all the time yeah. when someone is let go and the company does not include the bonus. So if you have a bonus that's a, that's a you know ten thousand dollars a year, you usually get it at some point during the year. Well, that has to that's part of your compensation. The company can't avoid paying that as part of your severance. So that's that's a big one that I see, and, and oftentimes I see things you know pension is not included, car allowance is not included. All those are wrong. If they're not included, that can be a wrongful dismissal that has to be included, John. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to call through. Got plenty of time while phone lines are wide open. And, uh, you know, we talk about this, how you, well, you just mentioned it right there. You can't be let go from your job. They can let you go as long as proper severance is paid. But there are times you can't be let go from your job if. That's what the, that's what we're going to talk about now, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Now, the, the general rule, we've talked about this many, many times on the show. Yeah. And that is that you can let be, you can be let go as long as you get paid 
severance. That's that's the rule. Many people are not happy about it. You lose your job. I didn't do anything wrong. Why should they be allowed to let me go? Well, unfortunately, the law does allow the company to let you go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid. But I said pretty much. There are situations where you cannot be let go at all, even if you get paid severance. So that's what we want to talk about, situations where it would actually be illegal to let someone go, even if the company pays you the severance that you're owed. We'll slide in a couple of these before the break. Some will be painfully obvious. Some will be like, wow, I did not know that. The first one falls under the obvious category, and that is you cannot be let go for discriminatory reasons. No kidding. That is the big one. You cannot be let go for a discriminatory reason. For example, you cannot be let go because of your age or your ethnicity or sexual orientation or medical condition. That is illegal. Those days are gone. It's unacceptable. Now, not everything is discriminatory. So, you know, you can be let go because your boss wants to hire his cousin. That's not discrimination. But you cannot be let go for a discriminatory reason. If you are, that's a violation of our human rights laws. That's illegal. There's going to be significant consequences on an employer that does that. So it's not just about severance when you let go for a discriminatory reason. And I see this often when it comes to disability, where an employee is struggling with a medical condition. Maybe they've been off work. Company lets them go or or doesn't want to bring them back from a disability leave. That is illegal. Even if they're saying, hey, we'll pay your severance. Don't worry about it. You cannot do that. So anytime a company discriminates against you, if they let you go because of a discriminatory reason, Human rights violation, illegal. You cannot be let go. The phone lines are open. There is a lot of time for you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You have questions about your job. Maybe you're just calling for a friend who's bashful, not sure uh, how to ask or what to ask, but you think they need the information. This is the hour to do it and get the uh, get the ball rolling. You want to contact uh, Lior and Leah and the rest of the team, by the way, anytime uh, in the city when we're not uh, not on the air. 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com. That's the email address, by the way uh talking about times you cannot be let go from your job doesn't matter about seven you cannot be let go the next one is you cannot be let go for trying to enforce your rights in the workplace you know john giving or having all the rights in the world is meaningless unless you are comfortable to enforce those rights right right. So, so that's why it's so important to have a way to enforce those rights and because of that Our laws are built so that you're protected if you try to enforce those Mm -hmm. rights. You cannot be punished or let go or even threatened in any way just because you're standing up for your rights. Because if you were, if you you could be let go in those situations, well, no one is going to try, no one would ever try to enforce those rights. So let me give you an example. Maybe you believe you're owed overtime. And you, you go to your boss and say, boss, you got to pay me overtime. Or maybe uh, you file a complaint with the employment standards branch because uh, you feel you're owed overtime. Well, what the company is not allowed to do in response, they are not allowed to let you go. By the way, they can't even punish you in any way, but they certainly cannot let you go. That's what we call a reprisal. Yeah. A reprisal is a situation where your company punishes you because you're standing up for your rights. That is illegal. You cannot be punished for standing up for your rights, whether that's with respect to overtime or vacation pay or holiday pay or severance or or what have you. You cannot be let go. You cannot be punished. You should always have that confidence to know that you can stand up for your rights. You can, and you cannot be punished. You have this dome of protection around you allowing you to pursue your rights. And here's the key, John. Even if you're wrong, 
even if you're not really owed that overtime or you're not owed the vacation pay, and it turns out that it was not something that the company owed you, they can't say, aha, we told you we didn't owe you, you complained anyway, now we're going to fire you. No, 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 no. Right or wrong, you cannot be fired for trying to enforce your rights, for, for asking questions, for demanding your entitlements. You cannot be punished. And if you are, there's going to be significant consequences for that employer. Uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll get to uh, to Ed here, first call of the afternoon. Hey, Ed, how are you? Good, thank you. I was just inquiring about um, about addiction. Like, like I went, I, well, I used to work for this company, and I went for help, and they sent me to go get help. And then, I, uh, you know, when you get back, you have to sign this six-month uh, abstinence uh, contract. Right. And what happened is that I failed it the first time. So they said, you want help again? I said, no, I know what I got to do. So they said, but you got to resign the contract, which I did. And again, about four months down the road, I went on a, uh, uh, well, what they call a bender. And I missed <laughs> two, two or three days. But I, I didn't phone in sick or didn't show up. And they said, it's not the fact that because of addiction, because you broke a page one of the collective agreement, which is the reason for dismissal is no, con- or no, no contact of, uh, or showing up by work. So, so here's the thing, Ed. Uh, a, a, an addiction is considered a disability, and yeah. you cannot be let go for any reason associated with a disability. And they can't hide behind the idea that no, no, it really wasn't the addiction; is failure to call. Th- those things are related. So, no, to me, this would be illegal and a human rights violation and a, and a wrongful dismissal. That said, because you're part of a union. The only one that's allowed to help you in this situation is the union. Uh, it has to be the union. You, you, the union has to be, uh, you know, its obligation is to help you, and, and that's what your recourse is, to speak to your union, to help mm-hmm. them pursue this by way of a grievance. Those are the only options that's available. Uh, exactly. That's what I did, and unfortunately, I didn't win. So, you know, like, so, yeah. But I, I feel I got really, well, I feel I got raked over the coal through the whole process, like even severance and everything else. Which is you know, that, a few years ago, but uh, yeah, well, that's the unfortunate thing about yeah you know, when you're part of a union. You know, but that, I'm listening to your program every week now, and it's really educating me. I love it, you know. Well, uh, but I mean, where I'm working now, I love it too. And uh, it's I was just curious about that because so many people say, "Oh, I got fired because of addiction." I said, "No, wow, not really." But yes and no, and I, I just yeah. want to know what what the true uh, answer would be to that one. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. And remember, the, the rule, of course, is you cannot be let go because of a disability. And addiction, uh, you know, if we're talking drug or alcohol adi- addiction, mm-hmm. is considered a disability. And any really, uh, reason related to that would be illegal discrimination uh, and, and, and something a company can't do. Appreciate the call, Ed. The best of luck uh, moving forward. You as well. Plenty of time. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Garinder, thank you for hanging on. Good afternoon. How are you? Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. No uh, worries. I have, I have a question. Like, uh, if some, someone work uh, 15 years as a truck owner operator with one company, like he's working just with only one company. He's, uh, if the company gave him work, then he, he works. If the company does not give him work, then he can't work as his truck is assigned to the company. He can't work anywhere else. So is he an independent contractor? He can claim severance pay. Excellent question. So, so bottom line, if you work for one company, you're generally considered to be an employee. It doesn't matter what piece of paper you've signed. 
it doesn't matter how you pay your taxes you're going to you're going to be considered employee and this is a very common situation where someone is misclassified mm. as an independent contractor when really they are an employee so uh, is this a situation gurinder where you lost your job oh no actually i'm speaking on my friend's behalf uh, that that right. uh, he he's going to lose his job he got the, he got the notes for 30 days and uh, he not getting any severance pay he just get the notes for 30 days well, Gurinder, so I think you said he's been there for 15 years. Well, your your friend is going to be owed significant severance, potentially, well, probably a lot more than a year's pay, potentially as much as 18 months pay. So, have your friend call me as soon as he can uh and let let me help him to get what he's owed. This is a classic situation when he's misclassified. So, guess what? He is owed severance, Gurinder. And one more question like uh like if he stay on unemployed then he can get the severance pay or if he find a job after a couple of months then he still eligible for the severance pay so finding another job can uh, impact what he is owed but here's the thing in most situations we're able to resolve the case and get him a severance before he even find before he even finds a job so he may not affect it but that's why it's so important that he call me as soon as possible thank you thanks for taking my call I Thank you, uh, Gurinder. Party. Appreciate that. Hey, appreciate your time. You want to uh, move forward uh, at any time, get a hold of uh, Lior and the rest of the crew. Here's the number, 604-283-3123, help at employmenthour.com. We'll, uh, we'll move on here, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Peggy, thank you for uh, for taking your time this afternoon. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm sure. good. Um I'm just calling uh, my husband is um he's actually 68 years old. He's a truck driver. He uh hurt himself at work. He uh we thought it was a torn rotator cuff, but where the injury is underneath um is it your collarbone, oh. under the collarbone and it's really bad tear. So he's been off since September last year. and um they don't he's got some other health issues but they don't really want to do the surgery to fix it because the chances of him not being able to use that arm at all is his right arm so can they let him go he can't go back driving truck as far as just straight driving is can he, he could but there's like a lot more than just sitting behind the wheel and you're a truck driver and we weren't sure whether he was going to get workers compensation he asked for a slip so if they didn't we could go to um EI um yeah record of employment and can they let him go so here's the thing if he cannot come back to work and if there's no job that they can give him to accommodate him then yes they can let him go we call this a frustration of contract and in that situation they wouldn't owe him anything but here's the thing number 1 he may not be able to go back to work now but it's possible then in 6 months or 12 months he may be better and he may be able to go back to work so if it's if it's not yet clear that he'll never go back to work that they cannot let him go and if he's working on getting better that's something he needs to tell them and in writing or even give him something from a doctor maybe the doctor says we'll evaluate him again in 6 months in that situation they cannot let him go so that's number 1 number 2 is this he may not be able to go back and drive truck but the question is is there a different job there that they can give him to accommodate him now it depends on the company they may not be 
but there may be. Maybe there's a, a job where he's, uh, he's helping do something else or helping with dispatch or I don't know what. But if there is a potential job that he can do with his physical limitations, they have an obligation to accommodate him, which means they have to try to put him in that position to try to, fi- to find a way to make it work. Uh, they can't simply say, hey, you're a driver, so unless you're going back to back to driving, uh, you're out of here. That they cannot do. So they have to try to accommodate, and if it's even if there isn't a job to accommodate, unless it's clear that he's not never going to be able to come back to work, they cannot let him go yet. Oh, that's good to know. Um, now, workers' compensation had sent us a letter and to the company that said he was no not able to drive again. Ever at all? Well, that's what they put. Yeah. That's the insinuation. He said, oh, I don't know where the letter is. I should have had it. Um, yeah. So he could we, probably we, we, work if they could find him something with dispatch. Um, Peggy, the here's the thing. Uh, we, we have to take a break. So why don't you have him call me uh, as soon as possible at the office. Let me talk to him and help him, and, and we'll go from there. Thanks, Peggy. You cannot be let go from your job if we're covering these off, and I believe the next one, I don't think we covered this before the break, and that is you cannot be let go if you complain about workplace harassment, right? Absolutely. So workplace harassment is a a real issue, is a big issue, it's a common issue, and it's an issue that people are no longer ashamed to talk about. Uh, And it's also something that imposes obligations on employers. So whenever uh, there's a workplace harassment issue, the employer has an obligation, number one, to take it seriously, to investigate, and then to take measures to fix the problem, to make it go away. What an employer is not allowed to do at all, ever, 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 is to let someone go because they complained about workplace harassment. Again, we talked about reprisal. That's another Mm -hmm. form of reprisal. You cannot be punished because you raised harassment issues, because you filed a harassment complaint up against your boss, against your coworkers. You cannot. That, that dome of protection that I mentioned before is around you. Because think about it, if you could be punished for complaining about harassment, then you wouldn't complain and no one would ever raise that issue. And obviously that's not the case. We have to encourage people to deal with that issue, to complain about it, to to, uh, talk to their employer about it. And we can't do that unless we protect individuals from being let go. So even, and this is important because even if it turns out that what you complained about was not actually harassment. It really wasn't that bad. Maybe you misinterpreted something. Even if that is the case, you still cannot be punished. So if you're ever dealing with workplace harassment, what do you do? The first thing you try to do is to try to get the company to fix that problem. You have to talk to someone, the company's owner, the HR person, whoever the right person is in your company, let them know about it and give them the opportunity to investigate and fix it. Uh, and, and that's and, and you do that by knowing that you cannot be punished. There could be a violation of a number of statutes if you're ever punished. That's illegal. Even if the company pays severance, a company, John, cannot let an employee go if that employee has complained about workplace harassment. Next one on our list, and I mean, we've done many shows on this topic, and again, it's under that, you know, this should be obvious by now file, but uh, we're going to throw it out there anyway. You cannot be let go from your job if, uh, for any reason related to pregnancy or a parental leave. For any, any reason, and John, you're right, it's 2019 and we shouldn't have to talk about this, but the reason we're still talking about it, John, is because every week I have calls from individuals, parents, mothers, fathers, 
who have been punished uh, or, or let go or somehow discriminated against because they, they are taking a parental leave. That is illegal. So that's why I made it very broad. You cannot be let go for any reason that has to do with parental leave. doesn't matter if you're a mother that's pregnant. doesn't matter if you're taking a maternity leave or parental leave or if you're a father taking a parental leave. For any reason associated with that, you cannot be let go. A company cannot decide that they like your replacement better. Uh, they cannot decide, well, you know, it's too much of a disruption, so we're not going to bring you back. They cannot decide that uh, you didn't give them enough notice that you're going to be away, so they're going to let right. you go. None of that can happen. It's illegal. Uh, and a company may say, no, no, but look, we're going to pay you the severance that we owe you. Even still, illegal, that would be a violation of the Employment Standards Act. That would be a human rights violation. Uh, it could be a wrongful dismissal. It's illegal. It's wrong. And a company that does that, John, they're going to have a hefty bill to pay at the end of the day. Uh, most companies are aware of this. Most companies don't do this. But there's still employers out there, unfortunately. They don't get this concept. That's why I still get calls like that. So if you're ever in that situation, if you believe that you were disciplined, uh, discriminated against, terminated, anything at all to do with pregnancy or parental leave, call me because, again, that is very, very illegal. Right now to uh, to call and talk, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you have any questions about your job, employment, maybe some of the talking points we've gone through uh, so far, Feel free to call us. We'd love to talk to you. We'll get the emails very shortly. Help at employmenthour.com. You cannot be let go because you are sick and cannot work. That one seems kind of obvious too, but it happens, right? Oh, my God. And that that actually, uh, it is a, a very common one, even more common than the, the whole pregnancy and parental leave uh, thing that I talked about. So you cannot be let go because you're sick, because you're unable to work. We had a, a call earlier from uh, Peggy. Who was calling about her husband and saying, you know, he cannot work right now. Uh, can he be let go? So, no, the answer is you cannot yep. be let go because you have a medical condition or because that medical condition prevents you from working. You can be off work generally as long as you need to in order to get better. Uh, as long as you have a doctor backing you up that you're sick and, and then you're uh, off for medical reason, uh, the company has to allow you to be off work. Sometimes that may mean a month, six months, a year, two years or even longer than that. There's no fixed time that the company can say, well, no, you've been gone for too long now, so we're going to let you go. Now, the only time that a company could let an employee go in that situation is if two things happen. Number one, the employee's been gone for a very long period of time. Usually that's two years or so or more. And and there's likelihood that the company is, that the person is not going to be able to come back. Right. So if you've been gone for a very long time and it's not likely that you're ever going to be able to go back to work, even if it's on modified duties, then at that point, it's what we call frustration of contract. The company can end the relationship with you. But that's difficult. And John, in my experience, in most cases, when a company tries to say frustration of contract, they don't actually have the basis for it. Right. So it could be a human rights violation. It could be uh, illegal. It could be a wrongful dismissal, etc. So the general rule is because you cannot work, it does not allow the company to let you go. That's illegal. If that happens, you get on the phone, you call me, and I'll help you. That number, by the way, to get a hold of Lior and the team at the firm anytime, 604-283-3123. And again, it is help at employmenthour.com. To reach out through uh, through email as well, that's also a possibility. You cannot be let go if you have a drug or alcohol problem. So we, uh, I mentioned to one of our callers, I think it was Ed earlier in the show, yep. 
that having a drug or alcohol problem is considered a disability. And just like the, the with any other disability, you cannot be let go because of a disability. So if you're struggling with a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, I understand that the employer is going to have concerns, uh, but you still cannot be let go. Now, it, that doesn't mean that the company has to have you working when you're uh, you know, under the influence of drugs or alcohol. They can allow you time off and, and even require you to take time off to get better, but yeah. they cannot let you go. So they say, well, your performance is not good, uh, and, and we don't really care about your drug or alcohol problem. You're not doing a good job, so you're out of here. No. Now, in some situations, the company may not be even sure whether there's a, an addiction issue here. But if it appears to be obvious, they can't say, well, hey, he never told us, so uh, we don't know, so we can let him go. No. Even if it's, you know, you may not have told your employer, but it's, it's obvious, they can see, they should be able to know. Even then, it's illegal to let someone go. You cannot be let go because of a drug or alcohol problem. That's a human rights violation. It's illegal. Even if the company pays severance, that is illegal. You should be allowed the time to get better, to seek treatment, and to come back to work when you're ready and healthy. Here's one we don't often uh, get about. We talk to people that are already in this situation, that is being in a union, but you cannot be let go for trying to unionize as well, right? Absolutely. One of the basic concepts of employment law, of labor law, is that an employee gets to choose whether they want to be part of a union or not. Now, depending on your point of view and your politics, you may like unions, you may not like unions. But Mm -hmm. regardless, what is clear is just because you support a union or you're trying to get a union in, it still doesn't allow the company to let you go. Now, a company in some cases may not be happy that it has an employee or employees that are trying to unionize. Fair enough. It still does not allow them to let the people go. You cannot be let go. You cannot be punished in any way because you're trying to be unionized. You have a right to try to do that. You have a right to talk to your colleagues about unions. Uh, you have a right to, uh, to provide information. Now, you can't disturb working hours, but if you're supporting the union, you cannot be let go if you do. If you are let go, the company can be punished in a significant way. In some cases, they could become unionized automatically because they punish someone that supported the union, it's a very bad idea. So one of the basic rules we have is if you want a union, if you support a union, you cannot be let go because of that. We'll slide in the last one just before we break here. Now you cannot be let go if the company's trying to avoid money it owes you. How about that? So, you know, this often happens with the bonus, let's say. Maybe you have yeah. a big bonus paying payment coming up at the end of the year or at the end of the fiscal, uh, and the company says, well, we, we'd rather not have to pay this $30,000 bonus. Ah, we know what to do. Let's just let them go before then, and then we don't have to pay it. No, no. <laughs> it does not work that way. When it's clear that a company is trying to avoid its obligations uh, to avoid paying payment, not only will they still have to pay it, they may have to pay additional damages as punishment for acting in bad faith. So our laws are smarter than that. Uh, our legal system is smarter than that. If you've earned a payment, if you're owed that payment, you have to get paid that, and a company cannot choose a convenient termination date just to avoid paying you what is owed. You're going to get that paid if that company does that. You're going to to potentially get additional damages. It's illegal to try to, uh, to do that to an employee that's earned money, uh, and a company that does that is going to have to pay a lot more than the payment it was trying to avoid, uh, avoid in the first place. 
You bet. Still some time for you to call in to that number, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell before we get into our uh, conversation on the non-competitions and agreements and obligations, what that's all about. want to get to an email from Jordan. Again, it's help at employmenthour.com. Jordan says, my boss keeps threatening me that I'm going to be fired. I also have emails from him saying that I am on, quote, quote, the chopping block. This stresses me out beyond belief, Lior. What can I do? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. It, it stresses him out. It would stress anyone out. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's because of that that it's completely inappropriate for an employer to, to approach a situation that way. Now, I understand that in some cases a company may not be happy with an employee and they may be considering letting the employee go. But there's a way to deal with the employee and, and to keep reminding them that they're on the chopping block, to keep reminding them that their days in the company are numbered is not a good way because it's not going to achieve a good result. It's going to stress the employee out. It's going to make their their work life kind of miserable. So here's the thing. This is now what I call a poisoned work environment. If you show up to work and your boss keeps threatening you with termination and he said he has emails to that, then then that, that can happen. So what does this actually mean? It means that by treating him this way, by, by putting him in that situation, it's as if the company has already terminated his employment. We call this a constructive dismissal. If you've been uh, you've been put in a poison work environment situation, the company has created a situation that makes it difficult for you to continue working, you can treat that as a termination. You don't have to accept that. So if they really want you gone so badly, let's give them what they want, but on, on our terms, on your terms. Instead of waiting there every day, is the axe going to fall today? Is today going to be my last day? Uh, no, it's inappropriate for a company to do that. It's one thing to give constructive criticism, to give targets, etc. But to, to keep threatening, no. The company cannot do that. So, Jordan, you may be able to leave now with your severance and not have to wait and see what they're going to do and not have to put up with this situation anymore. I want you to reach out to me. Let me help you. Uh, and, and, and this is clearly a constructive dismissal. Jordan, you've already got the phone number, the, uh, the email address, rather, the phone number, 604-283-3123 to reach out uh, possibly tomorrow when uh, when we're not on the air, get a hold of Lior in that regard. Okay, all about non-competition obligations. We talk about them on the show. They've come up in phone calls, non-competition obligations. What is it exactly? What do we mean? So non-competition obligation usually is a term in a, in a contract or an employment agreement uh, that says that if an employee ever leaves, whether they quit or they're let go, if they ever leave, they cannot go work for a competitor. Uh, it's something that a company does in order to make sure that uh, an employee that's leaving them won't hurt them. So usually that would say uh, you can't work for a competitor. It would outline for how long, two months, six months, 12 months, and it's also going to give you a geographical area. So you can't work for, an, for a competitor in uh, all of uh, B.C., or all of Canada, or anywhere in the world, whatever that geographical area is. So we want to talk a bit about that, what happens, is it enforceable, etc., because in many situations, you'd be surprised that it's actually not that enforceable. I'm thinking that, well, the question is, how common is it for these non-comps to be in employment agreements? I'm thinking probably more common now than they ever were. Yes, you're absolutely right. It is common uh, now, and, and I see them all the time, and it's certainly common for more senior position, not not only, but certainly for more senior positions, you probably are not going to see those for entry level minimum wage type jobs. Uh, you could, but it's very very unlikely. But it's certainly for your working in a more senior role in, in a more important role, uh, you you will see those. So chances are, if you're starting a new job 
or if you started a new job, at some point you would have signed that that term. And if you want to leave, if you're thinking about leaving, maybe there's another opportunity you've been offered. You really have to think about that because it could be a huge problem. The, I mean, the obvious question at this point is, are they enforceable if they're in that contract? So, John, the, the reality is that in most cases, they're not. So you may have signed a non-competition obligation, but in many cases, most cases, almost all cases, in fact, they're not enforceable. And they're not enforceable because our courts have said that we don't like terms that prevent people from earning a living. And, of course, that's what a non-competition obligation does. Is it says you can't go work certain, in certain places. So because of that, it's not enforceable. Now, it is usually only enforceable for senior individuals. We call those fiduciaries, for people that are in such an important role, such a senior role, that if they were to work for a competitor, it would hurt their former employer significantly. But right. that's rare. So in most cases, it's not enforceable. Now, you just heard me say that, and you may think, oh, great, good news. It's not enforceable, so I'm just going to go work wherever I want. I don't really care what I signed, but not so fast. And the reason you can't do that is because it may not be enforceable. I said that. But what happens if the company that you used to work for tries to enforce it? Well, I'll tell you what happens is if they try to enforce it, they're going to take legal action against you. They'll sue you and they'll potentially sue the new company. And you know what? You will eventually win that lawsuit. But in the meantime, it's going to be very difficult, costly. Your life is going to be miserable. It could be a very bad experience to have to deal with that type of lawsuit. So bottom line is, you don't ignore a non-competition obligation. If you signed it, that's something you have to consider. You can't just say, aha, it's not enforceable. I heard Lior say that on the radio. Uh, if you do that, that's just an invitation to be sued. So an employee who signed a non-compete term wants to leave the company and join a competitor. They got a good offer. How do they, how do they go about doing that? Can they do it? Well, it, it, certainly if they sign a non-compete, if they do that, that's that's... Again, it's a problem because, again, legally, right. yes, they can, but nothing is stopping their former employer to try to take legal to sue them, even if it's to make a point to their other employees. So what do you do? Well, the best advice is be honest with your former employer. Tell them you know, uh, that you're going to work for another company. Assure them that you're not going to try to steal their clients or their customers or their suppliers or, or their employees. Uh, and usually, if you can give them those assurances, they'll be fine with you working somewhere else. Uh, that is the best uh, approach. The other thing you want to do is if you're going to work for another company, make sure that the new company understands that you did sign a non-compete with a previous mm, company. Right. They should be aware of that. You don't want the, the new company to be taken by surprise a few weeks later when, they're, when they get sued out of the blue. And they say, well, wait a second. You never told us that you signed a non-compete with your old company and we're upset at that. Now we're going to let you go because of it. So be honest with that company, be honest with your old company, and try to work out something. In most cases, when you're honest with the company, when you're, you're, you're telling them, I'm not trying to hurt you, I will not hurt you, uh, they, will, they will be reasonable and they'll be fine with it. If you don't do that, if you're going to say, well, I'm going to take my chances, that's fine, but you are taking a risk. So now we'll flip over to the company's perspective. What can said company do to protect itself from losing employees to competitors? Well... It, it, first of all, if you're going to use a non-compete, non you have mm -hmm. to be smart with who you use it to, with. Again, no point using it with entry-level positions. No point using it for you know part-time type jobs. Uh, use it for your senior people. But the other thing you want to do is you want to be reasonable. You don't want to say you can't work for a competitor for 10 years. That will never be enforceable. That's not worth the paper it's written on. 
maybe say, you know, you can't work for a competitor for a few months, six months, more of a chance, more of a likelihood that it would be enforceable. The more reasonable the non-compete is, the more likely it is to be enforceable. The other thing an employer can do to protect itself is rather than prevent someone from working for a competitor, think about protecting your customers. So instead of using a non-compete, use a non-solicitation obligation. Ah. Something that says that if you ever leave us, you cannot go after our customers or our clients or our employees. That is enforceable. That is something that the company can enforce. So protect your customers instead of worrying about where your former employee is going to work. So the the non-compete so much, but the uh, the other one you definitely don't want to mess with, correct? Yes, a non-solicitation obligation non-solicitation, is yeah. something that, that an employee uh, would be held to. Uh, and as, listen, if you're in a sales role, let me give you an example here. Yeah, right. If you're in a sales role and you have a book of business and you're joining another company, you want to be careful. If you sign a non- non-solicitation and the new company lets you go, you have to leave all your clients behind, all your book of business behind. So employees should always be mindful about non-compete, about signing those, about non-solicitation obligations, signing those. Uh, be, be careful about them when you join the company, when you have to sign, and definitely, definitely be mindful and careful about those when you leave. And if you want to know what it all means, if you're not sure if you're bound by it or what to do, call me. Let's talk about that. I'll be more than happy to review your contract and tell you what it all means for you. We'll leave it there for this afternoon. You want to reach out, get a hold of Lior Simple, 604-283-3123, help at employmenthour.com. That's the email address. And if you've never used it even, but uh, for just a, a sample of what it can do, severancepaycalculator.com. Always remember that particular tool as well, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on CKNW.